Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another edition of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Steve Cypress here with my one and only magnificent, believe me, he's doing a fantastic job. We're getting things done. We're in your corner. Mr. Everett Fornell. Steve, don't disappoint me. Point me, Steve. I was going to say to the listeners, I mean, if you don't listen to this podcast, like, uh, don't disappoint me. Don't disappoint us, guys. You better Come listen to now. this episode. I'm telling you, you didn't listen to the last one when I said you had to. Don't screw up again. Okay, as usual, we're making a little joke because that's the topic of this week's episode is you've got to be careful. Trump is using this leverage with Congress to, you know, you better get tax reform done, don't disappoint me, you screwed up on Obama, replace and repeal Obamacare, like, screw up this time, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, Everett, I mean, is it not true that Trump doesn't really have any leverage over Congress? I mean, somebody, Trump, who's been a CEO, everything is my way or the highway for 50 years or whatever in his own business, he's a co-equal branch with Congress. And not to mention that some of these people in Congress have been there for 20, 30 years before Trump, and they'll be there for another 10 years after him. And, and they have a lot more power. They have all the power to either repeal Obamacare or not, to do tax cuts or tax reform or not, to fund build a wall or not. It's all up to them. And I see Trump trying everything to say, hey, you better do this. And then the next tweet comes out and goes, come on, Congress, you can do it. He tries the positive, he tries the negative, he tries to shame them, and he tries to be on their side. But I think he's not trying the one thing that actually needs to be done is to recognize and have respect for them that he's not the be-all, end-all, God of all government. It's a co-equal branch. So I think he's making a mistake here. He's putting forth strength. Hey, you better come to the table and you better get something done. But he actually doesn't have any strength, and that's our lesson here is you've got to be careful and not use a strong hand when you actually don't have it. First, I want to commend him on at least trying to negotiate from a position of strength. He is the president of the United States, which inherently suggests, I mean, it is a powerful position for, for generations. They said, he's, you know, that that is the, most, the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. Well, of That's course, sad. here's my point, though, and, I, and I'll let you go. Yeah. I just I, I want to say it's because there's only one of him and there's 535 of the Congress, but those 535 right. together are as powerful as him. So, of course, not any one Absolutely. of them is powerful. But well, arguably, he doesn't get that. Yeah, arguably the 500, the, the, arguably the Congress is more powerful than the president. Well, when because, it comes to legislation, um, they are, and they're proving it. Yeah. They don't got to repeal yeah, well, anything. I mean, they, they, they don't got to fund a wall. They don't got to, they don't got to do anything. They don't want to do. And not only that, if you can get enough of them, they can do things despite what the president wants. So the president vetoes, and they come back and say, well, no, 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 this is the law. That doesn't happen. Right. In often. fact, uh, it wasn't long ago that Congress impeached the president back in the 90s. So they can exactly. do anything they want. 
Exactly. So yeah, so collectively, arguably collectively, as a House, the two houses of Congress are more powerful than the president. But I want to commend Trump on at least trying to negotiate from a position of power. But as you pointed out, he's doing it all wrong. So what I'm talking about, for, for a business owner, you want to work from a position of power. So you want to work with your clients from a position of power. You want to work with your vendors from a position of power. You want to work with your employees from a position of power. But you want to make sure that that is either real power or that it's perceived as real power. So if you go in and start doing a bunch of takeaways from your client and your client, you know, from your prospect, and your prospect doesn't believe that you have anything special, well, we can uh, see if we can get you on the schedule or, you know, you start giving them that, uh, that nonsense and they don't believe that your schedule's full. They think that if they wave five bucks in front of your face, you're going to jump at it like a jackrabbit to a carrot. Or, and, like you just said, they also think there's a guy across town that's just as good as you that does the same thing. So you really exactly don't what I was going to say. Or, or there's 400 people in town who does exact who do exactly what you do the exact same way at the exact same skill level for half the price, and they don't care that 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 perceived there there is no perceived they they don't perceive any kind of authority, any kind of power from that negotiating position. So trying to negotiate from a position of no power while you're try, trying to negotiate from a position of power where there's no perceived power of the people you're negotiating with makes you look foolish. So there's two things. So one is the advanced lesson, obviously. So we'll leave that for people who would like to contact us at lessons learned from Donald Trump.com. And but from for the podcast lesson, you want to negotiate from a position of power, but you want to you want to make sure the power is real or at least perceived as real. So don't run around looking goofy because you're trying to act like you have some level of authority that nobody thinks that you have or that you really don't have. Well, of course, that's an excellent point. And here's the issue with Trump is to the masses, to the Trump supporters. They love that kind of stuff. When he comes out and goes, hey, Congress, you better act. And they're all like, yeah, see, you better act. But Think about the individual people in Congress, the senators and the, and the representatives. They're just sitting there going, dude, I don't got to do anything. Mr. Blowhard, you can go out all the rallies you want and get 20,000 people screaming, build the wall, do whatever. Like, I don't feel like it. And guess what? You have to convince me why it's in my best interest to do something, not bark at me. You better do it. And that's the lesson we're taught. That's how you have to treat your employees, your suppliers, your prospects, or everybody. You, you don't look at your prospects and go, you better sign the contract. Don't disappoint me. You better sign. <laughs> it's, it's our job better as sign. a business owner to project our value in their eyes and have them see, believe that it's to their advantage to sign the contract and of their free will to sign the contract. And the people that do this best, and I know that's what you teach and what I teach, and that's now kind of getting to our advanced tip of the week, but to put forth your message in the eyes of your prospect. So the best way to do it is to have them, when you're selling to them, have them convince themselves that they should buy and not have you convince them. So that's our lesson here. Trump is, is attempting every which way to convince Congress to take action instead of doing what I know he knows works in business, which is get the prospect to convince themselves. Hey, Mr. So-and-so of whatever state, you know it's the best thing for your state to do whatever and to pass tax cuts because you've got 32,000 of whatever that are out of work and of this and of that and whatever. And that's 535 different conversations to have. Or maybe 
there's a few different caucuses and cliques and leaders or whatever, but him and his troops, his minions, his, his whip and his leaders and whatever, that's retail politics. It's not you send a tweet and you go, McConnell, you're a loser. Come on, get something done. <laughs> Yeah, that's not uh, that's not endearing the folks to him. At I mean, all. I will tell you a story. And so I had a first-hand example of this in my nine-year door-to-door sales career, where I spent the first thirteen months in the field selling stuff door-to-door, and then the company said, "You have proven yourself that you're good at the sales." They had me along the way start interviewing other people and training other people and handling the deposits and the inventory and all the different aspects until at the end of the thirteen months. They said, now we've deemed you trustworthy and able enough to go, and we're expanding, and you can take over and run one of our current or new locations, a current one that needs new management or a new one, you can open it up, and that's how the company grows. So after those 13 months, for the next eight years, basically, I was running locations, I was troubleshooting, I was helping others and training my managers running the locations. And here's the thing, every single one of the people, when I was in the field for those 13 months, and then when I was running locations for eight more years, every one of the salespeople in the field was an independent contractor. So the way it worked is we came in every morning, and we loaded up our trunks with a bunch of teddy bears or whatever the heck we had for the day, and we chose wherever we wanted to go, and we sold the stuff. We come back at the end of the day. It was on consignment, and we came back at the end of the day, and we loaded our stuff back from the trunk into the warehouse, and whatever we didn't, we paid for. And so if we sold teddy bears for 5 bucks a piece, we had to come back at the end of the day and pay the owner of that location $4 a piece for each teddy bear, and we kept a buck from each one. And so if we sold our 100 for the day, that's how we made our 100 bucks. And if we only sold 80, we made 80. And if we didn't work at all, we made nothing. But we were independent contractors, so we could come in if we wanted, and we could not come in. We could go out in the field and not work if we wanted. We could work. This was a very tricky thing to manage and to run. So for eight years, I successfully, and sometimes unsuccessfully, I mean, I had the ups and downs, but I learned how to manage independent contractors who never have to show up for work. So I knew you don't treat these people like Trump. You think I would ever tweet out or, or even say to the whole office in public at all? Every, every, everyone who's ever managed anyone knows you praise in public and you reprimand in private. I would call someone into my office if something went wrong and say, hey, blah, 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 you got to work on this. Let's get this done. Okay, let's go back out there. And then if somebody sold out his whole car and made a lot of money one day and did something, I'm announcing that there. Hey, everybody, so-and-so did something good. Trump seems to somehow not get that, and I think it's because his whole life he's been the king, the CEO, the, whatever I say goes. Not only is that, it's a family-owned business. I mean, it's his own sons and daughters, and, and you know, that he's, he's right. Of course, whatever he says goes. I had a better education in business than that as far as, as, as managing people that I'm not the boss of because I managed independent contractors. They never had to show up. So I couldn't do any of the stuff Trump is doing, and, and that's what I'm suggesting is Trump cannot and should not be doing that with Congress because they're independent of him, and they do not answer to him, and he's not their boss. And when he says, don't disappoint me, if I'm a Trump, rabid Trump supporter at the rallies, I'm like, yeah, way to have strength. You tell them, Trump, bring them to the table. Get them to do their job for crying out loud. If I'm any one of the 535 senators of Congress, and I'm sitting there going, excuse me, don't disappoint you, I don't give a crap about you. You didn't vote. You didn't elect me. I don't work for you. I'm independent. And that's not how you treat an independent person. Right. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. that. I if I went out to my independent contractors and I said, here's these teddy bears for the day, and you better sell out your car, don't disappoint me, they would all drive to the corner deli, have some lunch, bring all their teddy bears back, and go, now what? What are you going to do now? In fact, none of us are showing up tomorrow. So, Mr. Big Shot, how are you going to make money tomorrow? I knew that. I knew that every single day. And I had to work accordingly. And Trump, it's only been seven or eight months, but he hasn't learned that yet. I, I think the, the big thing, and this is getting into the advanced tip just a little bit, but I'm just going to put my toe in it just a little bit. The big thing that Trump had on the outside that he doesn't understand that doesn't exist in the office of the president is not only was he the CEO of his company, but he was a superstar CEO that everybody wanted to do business with. Right. And as the president, that's not the case. The Congress doesn't necessarily inherently want to do business with him. Almost by definition, half of them don't, because exactly the country's almost split evenly down the middle. The, the Senate certainly is. So, And then when you add in the anti-Trumper establishment people in the Senate, more than half the Senate doesn't want to, and you're right. So he really has zero leverage. Right. So he's, he's got to learn how to, uh, as you pointed out, learn how to motivate them, them to do what he wants them to do. And as business owners, that is, I mean, it's critical. And not just if you're managing independent contractors, although you're right, it is absolutely critical if you're managing independent contractors. I have had, uh, as an independent, as an independently contracted salespeople, salesperson, I'm one of the few copywriters who actually sold stuff. I have had managers act the way you're talking about acting and also yelling at me on the phone because two months earlier I told them I wasn't going to be in for these dates and two weeks before the dates they realized I wasn't going to be there and they had they had just spent some money on a bunch of leads this one guy in particular called up and started yelling and screaming at me on the phone and did that well, work I mean, as you can imagine the answer was <laughs> kiss my ass pal right you know so he could have said don't disappoint me yeah yeah well and exactly would have heard a dial tone <laughs> so that's the, our point uh, and here's the thing maybe your employees are not independent contractors maybe they are employees but your suppliers and your prospects are they're totally independent and unless you are the only one of your kind somewhere out in rural wherever or you really are the such a monopoly you can't do that people have options and thanks to technology people have options for almost everything now Almost everything can either be gotten on the Internet or, thanks to technology, you can drive a car even if you had to drive 100 miles and go see somebody else. Right. The leverage just isn't there. Absolutely. Anyway, that's it for this week's basic tip of the week. As Everett said, you go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and you get the advanced tip of the week. Just have the contact information forever to myself. We share it with you. We help you implement it. We help you make a ton of money. And if you don't go there, I mean, you, you know, don't disappoint me. Go don't to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. Don't disappoint me, listeners. You better go there or else. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Of course not. Of course not. Go there if you want, folks. If not, doesn't matter to us. Everyone's fine. You can still come back here next week. We'll have another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.